This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord with the family of God, the people of God on a Sunday morning? Man, and I just... I know God's doing a great work in so many lives out there, and and uh, it's 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 awesome to get to sit back and be a part of it. And as we as we go into some Christmas stuff today, and as we have been already, I just I can't help but be overwhelmed with thankfulness that Jesus came down here. Man, He left heaven, He left the glory, He left all of the the beauty of heaven that our minds can't even imagine. He voluntarily left all of that. To come down and give his life for a bunch of people like us, a guy like me, a girl like you. He, he came down and laid all that aside so he could come save us. And that's, that's, I, I just, I, I can't get past that. That's an incredible thing for us to, to keep on our hearts and not lose sight of. And he did it joyfully. He did it voluntarily. He said, no one's taking my life. I'm giving it away. You can't take it from me if I'm giving it to you. And so that's what Jesus did for us. Amen. Well, uh, this morning we're going to get into kind of part two of what we started last week. And it's a series called The Light. If you need an outline for the message, raise your hand and the ushers are going to give you one. And there's one book that I did want to show you from the bookstore back there, a book that's changed my life. It's called The Believer's Authority. And this is kind of Brother Hagen's, you know, uh, most well-known book, uh, but this has changed my life and so many lives in here. When you finally realize who you are in Christ, when you realize that you have some authority through the name of Jesus, it changes the way that you live your life. And that's what that's all about. And I wanted to make that uh, make that uh, known to you that that is back there. Um, last week, we kind of started off this series about the light in John chapter one, because John had a really good a really good revelation of who Jesus was. John really had a good connection and relationship with Jesus. He was one of Jesus' best friends. And if you don't understand that, I mean, if you look at any hard situation that Jesus went into, if he was going to, I mean, when he went to raise the little girl that had died, raise her from the dead, he had Peter, James, and John go with him. And in all of the nearly most difficult situations, Jesus always had John go with him. Why is that? Well, John really had a connection to his heart, and John really understood who Jesus was. And so I'm going to read through this again this morning in John chapter 1, because what we're talking about is the light. And John beautifully, beautifully put it down, the very beginning of who Jesus was. And, and, and every time I read this, you know, I don't like to use this phrase, but it nearly it sends chills down my spine, because I'm like, my gosh, Lord, you left, you left heaven for this. For us, you laid all of your glory, you laid all of, of, of the of your greatness, you, you, just, you put it to the side and came down here to be one of us so you could die. And, and it's incredible. But but John chapter one, John puts it this way in verse one. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. What, what's the word? Jesus is the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. So Jesus was present at creation. In fact, everything in this world was created through Jesus. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. 
I don't know about you, but the life of Jesus brought light to my dark world. Whenever I didn't know where to turn to, wherever I didn't know where to go, Jesus came and lit it up for me. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I don't care how bad it is. People talk about how bad it's getting out there, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. My world is lit up right now because I've been with Jesus. Amen. Come on, man. Now I'm starting to get excited all of a sudden. Listen to me. Everybody's talking about, oh, it's, it's, oh, it's bad. It's, it's, you think it's bad. It's getting worse. I'm like, shut up, man. My world is lit up like a runway at the airport because Jesus is all over me and in me and through me. I have the light of the world living in me. I'm not afraid about what's going on. I'm not scared and I'm not seeing all this darkness you're talking about because the light shines in the darkness and that darkness can never extinguish the light. The darkness has been trying for thousands of years and it hasn't happened yet and it's not going to happen because Jesus isn't going anywhere. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I get an amen this morning at least on that? Amen. Verse 6, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And so Jesus pops up on the scene, and John's been telling everybody about it. Oh, man, you guys, you just hold on to your seats. Somebody's coming that's going to absolutely change the course of the world. You guys are getting ready. And John everywhere, he was telling people, oh, he's coming. Oh, he's coming. You just wait. The day is coming. And John told everybody about Jesus, the light that was getting ready to come into That's a pretty good assist from your cousin right there, right? I mean, these guys are cut. He gave Jesus a good assist on this one and said, man, I'm clear on the pathway for Jesus to show up. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't even recognize him. Here he was. He created the whole thing and he shows up and people are like, man, he's nothing special. Him? I know his dad. His dad's a woodworker. His mom? You kidding me? This Jesus, we know him. The world didn't even recognize that he was who he was. Verse 11, he came to his own people and even they rejected him. He showed up to try to preach to the Jewish people first. They didn't want anything to do with him. And then verse 12, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Do I have any children of God in the house today? I Hey. You, I, I will shout that all day long. I am a child of God. And it's not because of how great I am. It's because Jesus right here gave me the right to become a child of God. I'm not an outsider. I'm not someone begging to get in. I'm not someone out there that, that that's just hoping God will toss me something. I'm one of his children. I'm his son. And I can go directly to my dad anytime that I want to because of Jesus, not because of how good I am. That's the grace of God right there. Verse 13, they're reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Verse 14, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. He made his home among us, and He, his unfailing love, and faithfulness. And I can tell you if there's there's a lot of things I appreciate about Jesus. There's a lot of things that I love about Jesus. I, I could sit here all day and talk about it, but I really love his love and faithfulness. 
that it's unfailing, that, that, that he keeps giving it to me whether I deserve it or not. He's not mad at me. He just wants me to come home. He wants me to be with him. He wants me to be a part of the family, and I don't deserve it one bit, but because of Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise this morning as we opened up with that. And so the, 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 the topic today is this. So we're talking about the light. This is part two. And last week, we kind of saw what the light does, how it exposes hidden things in our life. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. How it lights up our path and shows us which way to go. And we saw that. But this week, the question is, what will you do with the light? Because you have a responsibility in your life as to what you're going to do with Jesus. I mean, I'm guessing everybody in here pretty much that you have received Jesus into your life. And I, and you would say, absolutely, man, I've got the light of the, of the, of Jesus inside of me. I've received him. I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed of it. That's good. But what will you do with the light? Because far too many Christians, they don't do anything at all with it. They keep it totally to themselves. They get inspiration from Jesus. They get a little boost when they need it. They, they get a little pick me up when they need it. But they keep Jesus to themselves. I know a lot of Christians, they're too ashamed to, to even pray for their food in public. I mean, that sounds silly, but, and maybe not to you guys, but I know some people, I mean, you know, they, they, they sit down and like, well, okay, let's just make this as quick and painless as possible. Okay, let's eat. Like, what is that, man? Jesus provided food for you. Why don't you thank him out loud? Jesus blessed that food. And why don't you thank him out? Why don't you pray out loud? I am not ashamed about being a Christian. I'm not ashamed that I'm not going to hell anymore and that Jesus saved my life. And I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'm going to pump the brakes and kind of get into this right here. So the question is, what will you do with the light? Well, number one, are you going to hide it? Are you? Because I know a lot of people say no way, and then they do. Listen, what are you going to do with the light that you have? Are you going to hide it? Matthew chapter 5 and verse 15. Let's flip over there. Matthew 5 verse 15. Who's ready for Jesus to light you up a little bit today? Who could, who's okay if, if the Lord just speaks a few things to you to kind of kind of nudge you and wake you up a little bit and say, man, come on, let's step it up a notch. You can do a little bit better. And so John chapter 1 Excuse me, Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 15. Now, we know, as we saw last week, John chapter 8, Jesus rolls up and says, I am the light of the world. I mean, that is, that's huge. Jesus comes up and says, I am the light of the world. But here in Matthew chapter 5, he starts to put some, uh, put some responsibility on us. So Matthew chapter 5 verse 15, it says, No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Well, what's he talking about there? I mean, can can you imagine how silly it would be if we were completely dark, okay? And in fact, one time I spent the night in a cave. That's a long story, but a legit cave, not some little cave you walk into in the desert. I mean, we climbed down these rocks way down into a cave like 20 feet in the ground and stayed the night down there. Listen, it was dark i mean legit dark there you couldn't see your hand even if you stared for two hours you could hold your hand right here and not even one ounce 
would light up in front of you. That was the darkest thing I've ever seen in my life. Now, thankfully, whenever we were able to put some light on, it lit everything up. It instantly pierced the darkness and lit up an entire cave, and it was incredible. How stupid would it be if we're down there fumbling around in the dark and, you know, running into, I mean, caves are hard on the end. You're running into stuff, and you're all over the place. Finally, somebody lights a light, and you can see everything around you, but then you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I know that I've been asking for light. I know I've been hurting myself and being an absolute mess. Thank you for the light, but could you hand me a bucket? And then you put a bucket right on top of the light that you just lit. There we go. I feel more comfortable now. That's stupid. Yet a lot of people do the exact same thing because they've got light on the inside of them that wants to burst forth from every possible angle. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We do not want to rub somebody the wrong way. I've got my light. I'm just going to put this little basket over it so nobody knows that I actually have the light. It got quiet in this Pentecostal church on a Sunday morning in December. Listen to me right now. Listen. That's foolish, yet so many people do that. You know, one of the hip, relevant, modern things to do amongst a lot of churches today is Let's go out and do like some community service or some good deeds or give some things away. But let's let's not let's not talk about Jesus while we do it. Let's just give people a good motivational feeling and let's just get out there and do something. But but we don't want to rub anybody the wrong way or or run them off. Just just don't talk about Jesus while you're out there. Let's just do some good deeds. And a lot of you, you've never heard of anything like this, but I swear there's a lot of churches all over America that they want to do a lot of good deeds and a lot of good things, but they don't want to present the name of Jesus while they do it because they're afraid that they're going to rub somebody the wrong way or, or push somebody away. And exactly what they're doing is they've got light, but they're putting it under a basket. They're putting their light under a basket. And, and to me, that is, that's insanity that we have light that could change somebody's life, yet we're hiding it under a basket. They want to shine a little bit of light, but not let you know where the source of the light comes from. Now I can tell you this much, when I'm in a, in a, in a dark spot, when I, when I'm, when I'm surrounded by darkness and somebody shines a little bit of light on me, I want to know what the source of the light is. I want to know where it's coming from because I want to go to the light. Thanks, Dad. It's not hip. It's not relevant. It's not cool to go out and, and, uh, and, and, and you know, man, I've got this light. I, I, I've got this for me, but I just, I don't, I, I don't want to offend anybody with it, so I'm just going to keep it right here. There's nothing cool about that because at the absolute worst, you have the light that could change somebody's life. You give them a glimmer of hope, but then you cover it up and say, I don't want you to know where this is coming from. I just want you to know that my life is good. And, uh, and I just, I, you know, but I'm going to keep this to me. Think about that. Were we called to have a light and put it under a basket and hide it from the world? Absolutely not. And so I want to show you something else here in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Who in here, you're actually proud of being a Christian? I, my pride in being a Christian, and I use pride in the right word, not a, not a simple word, but, but my joy and my exuberance and my enthusiasm about being a Christian 
far outweighs anything else that I can identify with. I'm more proud of being a Christian than I am being an American. I'm more proud of being a Christian than I am being a Californian. I'm more proud of being a Christian than, than I am of having a college degree or that I am of, of this and that. I am super proud that I belong to the family of God and that I'm going to heaven someday and I don't have to stick around here for all this. I'm happy about that. I'm proud about that. And so Romans 1 verse 16 Here's a guy that was not ashamed of the gospel. Well, how do you know that? Well, look at this. Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It's not that big of a stretch to say that Paul was not ashamed of the good news about Christ because he wrote it and published it. He was not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentile. Paul said, man, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the good news. It's the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. Why would we try to hide that? Why would that be something that we're ashamed of? Why would that be something that we want to keep to ourselves? Now, I know there's not a single Christian that I could ask. Just be honest with me. Are are you ashamed of the gospel? Nobody would say yes. But our actions so many times say opposite that I'm sure glad that I got Jesus, but I want to go tell everybody. I don't want to tell anybody else about it. I mean, come on, I, the people are going to think I'm weird. People are going to think that, that I'm, you know, I'm trying to, trying to put stuff down on. You're ashamed. Just, just say it. Just admit it. Just, just let's get real. Don't, don't, don't lie. You are glad that Jesus came and saved you, but when it comes down to it, you're embarrassed and ashamed of the gospel because you don't want people to think you're weird. You don't want people to put down on you. You don't want people to, to not like you anymore. You, you don't want to rub somebody the wrong way. But you've got to realize this, that Jesus, who is love, according to 1 John 4, he is love. He rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. It wasn't on purpose. He wasn't trying to make people angry. But when the light comes in, people have two reactions. We saw this last week. Jesus talked about it. He said the light shows up. There's two reactions. People either love the light and run to it or they get super angry because the light exposes things in them that they don't want to deal with or that they're ashamed of or that they don't want messed with right now. And so if you are the light of the world, right, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Then he said, you're also the light of the world. If he said that, you better recognize that there's going to be some people that love you and see you as an absolute answer to prayer that God sent into their life. And there's also going to be a lot of people that that don't like you. Thank you for your holy silence today. Amen. Listen, the light upsets some people and to some people it absolutely, they love you. And I've had, and I have both things. I've got people that don't particularly care for the light that I spit out there at them. And there's people that absolutely love the light that comes out of me and out of you. But either way, if they hated Jesus because of the light that came out of him, you think that you're better than Jesus and nobody's going to get mad at you now? They, they, they didn't have a problem with you when you were walking in the darkness. But then you went to the light and all of a sudden you start to have some issues. You start to have some people get angry at you. And they didn't mind when you were doing drugs. They're, they're fine with that. They didn't mind when you were out there sleeping around and going crazy and fighting and cussing and, 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 and always having trouble and depression. But then you come to the light, and all of a sudden they don't like you anymore. Why is that? Because the light exposes hidden things that people don't want to deal with. And it's not even that you're trying. You're not at their front door with a megaphone telling them they're going to hell. You're not even doing that. 
But the light exposes things, and it lights things up. And there's some things that people would rather just sweep, keep, keep in the darkness that they don't want to deal with. And so, what are you going to do with the light that, that you have? Are you going to hide it? Jesus said some people hide it. You know, I, I think about... There's been a couple of major A-list celebrities in the last, you know, in the last couple of months that have given their lives to Jesus and are being super outrageously bold about it. And now I've seen a lot of people that's making really happy. I'm one of them because I like to see people come to Jesus and not be ashamed of it. And then I see a lot of people that are really angry about it. And I don't understand that, but they're super angry about it. And, and people in the world and people in church that are angry about, about these guys that are, but the thing is, they didn't have a problem when they were out there cussing and cursing and fighting and doing drugs. They never said anything about them then. Then they start preaching the word. Then they start talking about Jesus. Now all of a sudden, the same people that didn't have any issue at all with them smoking and doping and doing all this, now we've got an issue with them. Why is that? Well, well, I'll tell you exactly why it is. Because, hey, it's okay, brother. If, if you, you, you can have faith. You can be a person of faith if you keep it to yourself. That, to me, is an oxymoron. I don't see how you are a person of faith, let's just a born-again Christian, a child of God, and keep it to yourself. I can't keep it to myself. Everywhere I go, I try to bring it up. I don't try to avoid it. I look for ways that I can bring it up. I don't try to, man, how can I get in here and not, not let anybody find out that I'm a Christian? How can I just still stay good with God, but, but, but still be able to, 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 to not let anybody know my deep, dirty little secret? It's not a deep, dirty little secret. Jesus came and pulled you out of the ditch, man. He healed me of cancer. I want to tell everybody about that. I want everybody that I meet to know about it. I want to make the name of Jesus known in this world. And, you know, I see on, on, on social media, man, somebody buys your drink at the Starbucks drive through in front of you. You go on there and you oh, the nicest person just did this for me. Oh, somebody just bought my chicken sandwich at Popeye's. I think I better tell, I just better post this on the Internet. That's great. And you should do it. But Jesus did a lot more for me than buy me a latte and a spicy. You know what I mean? Jesus came in. Listen, if I'm going to give a shout out to the guy that bought my coffee, I'm going to get a shout out to the guy that saved my soul and bought me a ticket to heaven. And I don't have to go to hell right now. I'm not ashamed about that. I'm proud of it. And I want everybody to know that I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven with Jesus. God's my father. Jesus is my big brother. And I've got millions of brothers and sisters around this world that feel the exact same way as me. We're grateful that we've been delivered. We're grateful that we've been healed. We're not embarrassed about it. That Jesus came and made a way when nobody else would. Somebody give God a little bit of praise right now this morning. Come on. So what are you going to do with the light? Are you going to hide it and try to, well, I, I mean, I want Jesus, but I just don't want everybody to know that I found him. That's messed up right there. Shame on you for what feeling that way. And, I, you know, and, and, and what I'm saying, what I'm going to eventually get out is this. Man, I want you to share Jesus so bad that the entire church has set it up for you to invite somebody to church next. You don't even have to preach to him. I'll make you a deal. I'll preach to him for you. You just get him in the doors next week. We went out and spent money on invites. Come on. All literally, we even said you don't even have to tell, you can just put it on your neighbor's door. Come on. 
And yet, man, I, we asked a little bit ago, how many have plans of inviting at least one person? And some people didn't even raise their hand. I'm not putting down on you if that was you, but my gosh. We literally printed it out. I even said that you don't have to go and preach to them. Just hand this to them or put it on their door. Bring them in and we'll preach to them and give them Jesus. Since, you know, maybe you don't feel like you're able to yet. Listen. I don't know about you, man, but I plan on inviting people. I plan on, if there's an opportunity to get people to hear about Jesus, count me in. I'll do it. Count me in. Because I'm tired of seeing people go to hell. I'm tired of seeing mom and dad split apart and leave kids in the middle of it all. I'm tired of seeing people go the same route that their parents went and turn to drugs and barstow or, or turn to drinking or, or turn. I'm tired of that stuff, man. And if I've got a chance to shine the light and bring somebody in on Christmas, come on. This isn't a hard thing to do. So, I mean, let's, let's just get real. It seems like that type of day. Don't sit there and say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ if you're too ashamed to pass out a postcard that I printed for 10 cents for you. Thank you. All right. Anyway, well, you just want your church to grow. It's not about that. But I do want people to come to this church. Why? Because we disciple people. We don't just leave them hanging for dead and say, oh, you got, all right, you got born again. You're a newborn. Well, if they really got it, they'll feed themselves and grow. That's, no, get them in. We will disciple them and make something of them. So what's your response? How are you going to handle the light? Are you going to hide it? That it was not convincing even one bit. Are you going to hide the light that you have in you? <laughs> okay, we're getting there. I'm starting to believe it. I don't know if Jesus is, but we'll get there, all right? Number two, what are you going to do with the light? How about share it? I'm not going to hide it, but I'm going to take it a step further, and I'm going to say that I'm going to share the light. First Peter chapter 3. Let's flip over there. First Peter chapter 3. Who's glad they came to church today? First Peter chapter 3. We're going to look at a few verses here. And there's very few things that excite me more than seeing somebody get delivered from slavery to the devil and their freedom is purchased. Now, not only are they not a slave, but now they're royalty and living in the royal family, God's family. I love that stuff. That excites me. I, I'd rather see I'd rather see Team Jesus, the kingdom of God, take a win than any of sports team. I'd rather see the kingdom of heaven gain some people than anything else in this world. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't really see how anybody could really be a, a, a sold-out Christian, and that just doesn't do something for you. So First Peter chapter 3, we're going to look at a few verses here. And again, here's another one of Jesus' absolute best friends. So First Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, it says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. Who does that? You, I mean, he's Lord of your life, Okay. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Think about that. Now, let's just dig into this for just, just a few seconds here. If nobody ever asks you about your hope as a believer, your light's not shining very brightly. People should at least sometimes be like, man, what's... Why are you so positive? Why are you so upbeat? Why are you saying this? If nobody ever asks you, 
why you have hope and why you're positive and why you at least have a smile on your face, if nobody ever asks that, would you say that something's kind of wrong there? People should ask you why it is that you're a little bit different. People should ask you why it is you're not down like they are. If that never happens, I'm just saying you may want to examine your life and say, golly, I mean, what's going on here? I might, my bright, my, my, my light must be under a basket or something like that. Evidently it's not shining because nobody ever even asked me about my Christian faith. And so if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. And so if you are having people ask about your faith and your Christian beliefs, always be ready to explain it. So the, 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 uh, what, what Peter is implying here is this, is that, man, I know you're going to be shining so bright, people are bound to ask you about the hope that you have. So be ready when they do. Be ready when they do. So what am I getting back to here? It's this. What am I going to do with the light that I have? I'm going to share it. I'm going to always be ready to explain why it is I'm the way that I am. Verse 16 says, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. I like the way the Message Bible puts this verse right here. I'm going to read this. It says, be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are. And always with the utmost courtesy. Keep a clear conscience before God so when people throw mud at you, none of it will stick. They'll end up realizing that they're the ones who need a bath. <laughs> I like that. You know, because once you come out and identify yourself as a Christian, there's going to be some mud come your way. Now, if you're ready to fight back, why, you little, I'll tell you this right now. You And you fight back, the mud sticks. They're like, ah, told you. Hypocrite. I knew it. I knew we could get you still. I knew it right there. You're a fake. You're a phony. But if you just let it fall off of you, what do you know, man? They start to realize, like, oh, my, you know what? Wow. Maybe they really are genuine. Maybe they are the real thing. And after a while, they're going to realize they're the ones that need a bath. They're the ones that need to clean up and get into the kingdom of God. I remember when I was 18 years old, I worked at FedEx, and there was this guy. It was a big, big operation, okay? Big, like 6,000 employees right there at, at our hub. And so lots of people, lots of commotion, very busy place. There was this one guy in my work group, though, that because, listen, and, and I know a lot of you will say the exact same thing. Anytime that I've worked at a place out in the world, they've known in a very short amount of time that I'm a Christian. And I know you the same thing for you, right? Okay. Just checking. Some of you are like, I don't know. Maybe they don't. So Listen. They've known, and it's not because I've gone in there swinging a Bible and ready to go at them, but it stands out big time when they're all telling nasty jokes, looking at pictures, and, and when they're all cussing it up. And after a while, they notice, man, I've never even heard that guy swear. I know, not even one time. And after all, I mean, doors start flying open. If you live a clean life in front of your fellow employees, doors swing right open that you don't even have to bust down. They just open up to you. And so... I mean, but there's this one guy, they knew that, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm going to be a pastor someday, uh, you know, I, I'm engaged to this great girl and all this, and people, they, 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 they knew it. And this one guy, though, it really rubbed him the wrong way. I didn't even say nothing to him, but every day, man, he'd come in and just 
he would come at me, man, full bully effect and all this stuff. And, and, and so after a while, he, he could see he wasn't getting to me that way. He's like, you know what? You're a Christian, huh? Get this. I'm a member of the Roman Catholic Church. We are the first church, the originals. Y'all are just copycats. And, and he would start saying this stuff to me every day. First of all, anyway, that's an easy to win debate. But at the same time, I'm not going there. Like, okay, man, whatever you say, love you, brother. Love you. You do you, all right? And so, you know, but then the next day he'd come back out again. Okay, well, you tell me this. If blah, 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 blah. And I'm, I'm just, I'm not taking the bait. This went on for a while, man, month, and, and just, just wanted to come in and bash me about, you know, about all this stuff. And so finally, I swear, man, I, I, I started praying for him because when you've got someone that's trying to bully you and be an enemy, what do you do? You pray. It says to pray for those who spitefully use you. And so, man, I started praying. I started blessing him. I started praying for him every day. And I swear, man, I saw a 180-degree turnaround. The guy that was my biggest antagonist and bully became my biggest fan, my biggest defender, my biggest number one buddy at the whole place. If anybody tried to come and cuss and be nasty in front of me, he'd be like, man, shut up. It's a pastor right there. You shut up. So we pastor someday. You leave him alone. And this guy was a perv. So I'm telling you right now, man, it turned around. Why? Because you don't fight fire with fire. What do you do? You throw some water, man. You bring some light into that room, into the darkness. And, and it absolutely changed things around. Consider that for your work situation. I know Virginia, I don't know if she's in here. Man, she told me a humdinger of a story this week too. Same type of thing, man. Being the light. And even when people are annoyed with you, when people are like, listen, the light's going to rub some people wrong. You just got to get used to that right now. But when they see that you're not embarrassed about the light, that you're, you're not changing the light, that you're not going to put it under a basket for them to protect their fragile feelings, listen, they're going to come to you when they need it. And they're going to absolutely see the light and come to the light. It's, it's going to happen. I was thinking of another time here, right here in Barstow. I was helping, uh, I took a temporary little job several years ago, uh, helping put a store together. And I remember, it was all these young people. I was in my 20s still, so it wasn't that long ago. But anyway, so, so you know, I've got all these young bucks. They're like 20. I was like 27, 28. And, uh, and they recognized that I was a pastor here in town. And, you know, I'm just... Man, I'm not there to make buddies. I was just trying to, you know, earn a little extra cash and stuff. But after a while, I think they were waiting to see, like, let, let's just see if this, if this is the real thing. And so, you know, people poked and prodded a little bit. But finally, one day, a big group of them's just sitting around. And in front of all of them, they're like, man, do you, just be honest with us. We won't tell anybody. Do you ever swear? Do you ever cuss? No, they will not leave this room. And I was like, never. And, and the entire, just a collective, oh, whoa. And they were absolutely shocked that there could be somebody to live in this world and not have a potty mouth. And, I mean, it blew their minds apart. But it is possible, and we've got a church full of people that are exactly the same way. We don't have potty mouths in this church. Why? Because we believe this stuff. And we're thankful. We knew where we came from, and Jesus came and saved us. We're not trying to hide it. In fact, we're out there trying to share it and let everybody know what Jesus did. And so Peter says, man, be ready. And, 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 and whenever they sling mud at you, it's not going to stick. They're going to end up realizing they're the ones 
that need the bath. Who knows that this world, you know some people out there that they could use a bath. Do you know anybody like that? Bring them in next week, man. I'll preach to them. We'll give them a bath. We don't mind. We're good at this stuff. All right? Acts chapter 20. Let's look at Acts chapter 20. We are talking about sharing the light. Sharing the light. Jesus is the light of the world. The light came and it gave life to everybody. And here comes what Paul says in Acts chapter 20. Because, again, this is the same guy that said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God at work, saving all who believe, first the Jew and also the Gentile. So Acts chapter 20, verse 24, and this is a key verse in my life, and I know it is in your life too. Acts chapter 20, verse 24, because all these guys, Paul's getting ready to go travel, and, and everybody's like, man, we sense that there's danger ahead. You're going to be arrested. You're going to pay the price, and it's finally going to catch up to you. People are trying to tell Paul, don't go on this trip. Don't go on this trip and preach. And here's what Paul says when everyone's saying, don't go, it's too dangerous. Paul replies, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Well, what is that work? The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Think about that. They're like, Paul, save your life. He's like, I don't even want to live if I can't go tell people about the grace of God. I'd rather die. My, my life doesn't mean anything at all to me. I'd rather lose it than be quiet. I'd, I, I'd rather just die than not go preach. Man, think about that attitude. Think about that attitude. Paul, save, save yourself. I don't want to. I want to go preach. Paul, get out of it. You could take the easy path. No, I'd rather die. I'd, my, my life is worthless. To, it means nothing to me if I don't go out there and do what God called me to do, and that's go preach the good news of the grace of Jesus Christ. I don't even want to live. Think about that attitude. And yet, we, so many people are like, man, I'd rather die than go out there and tell somebody about Jesus. That terrifies me. Hey, there's, there's sometimes, man, there's a little bit of, uh, of fear that tries to get you, but you've got to be able to push through that and say like Paul did, that I'm not ashamed. Verse 25, and now I know that none of you whom I've preached the kingdom will ever see me again. He's like, I get it. I'm not returning from this one. I know this is going to be it. And sure enough, Paul goes out there, he gets arrested, and the Roman government ends up executing him. He cuts, cuts his head off eventually. He's like, I know that you guys will never see me again. I get that. Does he sound afraid? No. He's not even, he's not even a little bit afraid. He says, I declare today that I have been faithful. And here's what I want to be able to say on this last part here. He says, if anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. Think about that. And I want to be able to get to heaven and I want to say, anybody that was within my realm of influence that didn't end up in heaven, it is not my fault. Because I told them. They knew. I, they chose to go to hell. If they, if you were around me, if you were around the people of this church and you end up in hell, you flat out chose to go there because I know you saw the light and I know that this, that, that we told you about it. I don't want anybody within my family, my friends, my neighborhood, anybody to be able to go to hell and look up and say, why didn't you tell me? Man, I told you. I lived it. I told you about it. 
you chose to go there. But Paul said the same thing. He's like, I didn't, I wasn't embarrassed. I wasn't afraid. I stepped up. I, I didn't shrink back from telling you the good news about Jesus Christ. I told you about it. If anybody decides that they want to go there and they were around me, that was an absolute choice of their own. Something else, I'm just going to quote this, that Paul said out of Colossians chapter 3. Because I see way too many people absolutely caught up. They'd like, they, they agree they'd like to go out and, and share the light, but they're too busy doing other things. Too busy arguing about politics. I'd love to go preach, but I got to go, you know, bash these guys over here and get in a fight. Oh, but man, I, I was going to go out and, and help spread some Christmas cheer by singing loud for all to hear, but there was a ball game on. I couldn't make it, man. That sounds silly, but oh, man, you know what? I got on Instagram. Next thing you know, it was three hours later. I just, I can't believe it, man. I wasted my whole night away. And that sounds silly, but it's the absolute truth. Colossians 3, Paul says, let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't spend your time worrying about things down here. You should have as little desire for this world as a dead person does. Your real life is in heaven with Christ and God. Why am I going to get caught up in all the junk down here? This isn't even my real home. Man, I'm passing through here. This is temporary. My real life, my real home is in heaven with Christ and God. This other stuff, man, it doesn't even matter one bit. It's all going to fall away someday. But there's one thing that's going to last, and that's heaven. And so what are we going to do with the light? Well, you could hide it if you're too embarrassed about it. Or you could choose to go out and share it. Number three, this is what I'm getting at. What am I going to do with the light? I'm going to be it. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to be it. Well, why, why do you want to do that? Because Jesus told me, you are the light of the world. If, if I are that, I ought to be that, right? I ought to step up to the plate and deliver for Jesus. And so I want to flip back here to Matthew chapter 5. So most definitely we got to share the light by telling others about it. The most powerful way to share the light about what Jesus has done in our life is to actually be that light. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. This, we've got to get this right here. Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. Jesus tells us. He's not just talking to them. He's talking to you. He says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a basket is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Whenever we are the light, whenever we are doing the works of Jesus, whenever we are sharing it, it brings glory to God. It brings glory to God. People praise our Father when we become the light. Well, how do we do this? I'm going to tell you this right now. Actions speak louder than words, right? I mean, how awful it is that you've been trying to witness and, and share and, and preach to somebody at your job and all this stuff, and the next thing you know, they see us they see us do something really stupid. They see us really, I mean, just blow up on someone. Okay, I figured. Actions speak louder than words. They've been saying this all the time, but really, here's what it's like. We've got to be the light. We've got to always be ready to explain the hope that we have within us, according to Peter. Always ready. Man, that sounds hard. Man, being 
working for Jesus is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week job. You know, I, 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 before I, we had kids, man, I thought that, you know, I'd work two or three jobs at a time and thought that was hard. It wasn't hard compared to having kids around the clock. Come on, parents. You know what? I'm just being real. It wasn't anything. I mean, it's a lot harder having a bunch of kids in your house all the time than it, than it was, at least in my experience, than going out and even working two or three jobs because it's, why is it? Because it's 24 seven. You're, you're never off the clock. Even when you go to sleep, you're on the clock. Listen. The same thing about being a Christian, about really doing this the right way, about really being a disciple of Jesus. Man, I just wish I could. Listen, we all have those days, but I'm going to go in to my job. I'm going to go into that school. I'm going to show up for my kids lit up with the light of the world because of what Jesus has done in my life. There's not an off day for me. There's not an off day for you. And, 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 and that sounds too hard. It's not hard if you're letting Jesus be the light. You're not, it's not you producing the light. It's Jesus. How do you do it? You stay full of the word of God. Right? You stay full of the word of God. And then you can't help it. It just shines out from within you. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Let's, let's flip here real quick. Second Corinthians 2, verses 15 through 16. And this goes along a little bit of what Jesus said in the book of John. But 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, we realize that our actions, they speak louder than our words. And the biggest action that we can take is to show the love of God. And the love of God doesn't mean that every, you know, everybody's okay and everybody, no, the love of God. 2 Corinthians 2, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 5. And this is something that we need to see right here. Actually, 2 Corinthians 2, 15 through 16. 2 Corinthians 2, 15 through 16. It says, our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. So the same way, there's two reactions to your smell, right? <laughs> and to your life. People either love you or they hate you. It's pretty much that. And so he says, but, but, but it's perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. Well, I mean, I don't want to be that to anybody. I'm not choosing to be that, but I'm the light of the world according to Jesus, and some people don't like that. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume, and who is adequate for such a task? Isn't it strange how the exact same smell some people can love and some people can like, oh, what is that? I remember when I first moved to the desert, everybody talked about the beautiful smell of the desert rain. And I, I mean, it smells different than where I'm from. And at the time, I'm like, my gosh, it smells like a litter box. What the heck? That's awful. What is that smell? But now I'm like, oh, my gosh, the desert rain. Here it comes. Yes, Lord. It's the it's a beautiful fragrance. I love the smell of the desert. It grew onto me. But at first I thought it smelled awful. How is it that for some people, your, the, the aroma that comes off of you, I mean, to some people it's like, oh my gosh, you are a breath of fresh air. You are, I mean, you, I'm so glad you're, I'm so glad that God put you in my life. I'm so glad you work here. I'm so glad that you live on this street. Whatever the case is, because... You are a pleasing aroma because they're ready to be saved. They're ready to accept it. Yet, same people, you can treat them the exact same way. Somebody else 
on the other side of the street. They're like, oh my, I can't stand those people. Those do-gooders there, blah, blah, blah. Why is that? Same smell. You're not doing it. You're not, you're not changing for them and how you act to them. It's just to some people who are perishing, you're scary. You reek. You don't make any sense. How are you happy still? How do you still have peace? How are you not full of anxiety? How? That makes me mad that you're that way. Yet somebody else over here, man, you just absolutely, you just do something when you come into the room. You're same smell. Who's right and who's wrong? I'll tell you who's wrong. Those who are perishing. According to that verse we just read. They can't stand you. Yet other people think that you're awesome. Why is that? Because you're the light of the world. You are a sweet-smelling perfume, according to, to what Paul wrote right here. And some people just can't bear to live with that. And I want us to be encouraged and exhorted right now that, listen, we're not, even, even if you don't like the way we smell, even if you don't like the way we look, we're not changing a thing, man. We're not going to be mean to anybody, but I'm going to still go into work smiling. And if my smile rubs you the wrong way, I'm sorry, but... I, I'm not, I, I can't change it. I'm going to, you know, I was talking to, again, Virginia talking about, she just, she can't help it. She just sings worship songs at work. I can't help it. It's in my heart, so it comes out of my mouth. I'm sorry if that offends you. I, I, I can't stop. It's just in there. We're not changing a thing, man. We're going to be the light of the world, and we're going to do it in a gentle and loving way. And for some people, they're going to love it. And they're going to want to be around you. And some people, it's going to rub them the wrong way. But that's what the light does. And when the light stays consistent, and when the light really reveals where the source is coming from, it draws people to heaven. And my entire life is all around this. Everything I do, every moment I live for, it all boils down to this. I want to get people into the kingdom of heaven. That's what I exist for. I, there's a lot of other great things about my life, but I've dedicated everything I've got to this. And so have you. I, everything. I mean, I've staked every single thing that I've got on the fact that this book is true, that God is my father, and that I am going to heaven, and that Jesus really is the light. Everything I've, everything I've got, I've thrown it all in. They say, no, well, don't throw all your, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I've done that, man. And I threw every other basket away. I've only got one thing in this whole world, that I've put it all in, and that's Jesus. And so I'm not going to keep that to myself, and I'm not going to miss out on any opportunity I have. And so with that, I am encouraging us that as we go out this week, man, next Sunday, listen, that's not a chance for us to, we'll see how many gifts we can pass out. I want to pass out a bunch of gifts. See how many people, it's because we've got a whole group of little kids up here they are going to be, Preaching the gospel through a little Christmas play. Something so innocent as that. To get people into the kingdom of God. We'll use, yeah, man. We'll use cute little kids. They're cute little faces. They're cute little songs. If it's going to get somebody out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. We'll use a free dinner. We'll use giving gifts to their kids if it means we can save their soul, right? If we can get another spirit out of the, 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 the grasp of the devil and get them into the kingdom of God. And so my encouragement as I wind it down is this. What are you going to do with the light? Are you going to keep that little invite that you were handed and just tuck it away in your purse or your Bible? Or could you at least, for the sake of sharing the gospel, go out and invite at least one person 
into God's house at Christmas time to get somebody into the kingdom of light. Amen. What are you going to do with the light? This much I'm going to do. I'm going to share it, and I am going to be that light, like Jesus said. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.